Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I am here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, and we're happy to have you with us here this Thank week. Thank you. We are the Daily Journal. We are Monday through Thursday every week and then on Saturday. And uh, we bring to you the current events that you see in the news, but from a constitutional perspective. And that's exactly what I want to do today, JC, because today is a big day. Today is the State of the Union Address Day. Finally, I know it was feel like a don't, 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 right? Because we had all the drama about Nancy Pelosi. You can't have it in the House. We're not going to let you have it in the House. And Trump going, I'm going to have it. No, you're not going to have it. Yes, I'm going to have it. And now they're going to have it. I wonder how many people watch these. Well, I actually saw a statistic while I was doing the research for today's oh, okay. show. Cool. And I didn't we didn't plan that. I was just wondering. Yeah, this no, popped no, in my head. Popped in your head. Well, it popped in my head too. So last year cuz I was thinking of how I, I mean I don't watch them. Yeah. <laughs> I I was trying I was just sitting here trying to remember the last day of the union I actually listened to. Well, apparently um Donald Trump's first state of the union was the most watched state of the union in decades since Clinton since Clinton gave a State of the Union, Donald Trump's first State of the Union was the was the most watched State of the Union. And I don't have the statistic up. I, it's like the picture in my mind of like 80 million or something like that. But I, I just I still can't wrap my brain around the phenomenon that is Donald Trump. It's just I don't know. It, it, it defies uh, well, I, I weep reason. I weep over the phenomenon, which is presidential worship. Period. Yeah, well, that's one level. He, that was Gro- he's, Glover, Grover Cleveland. He's no, no, another no, level. Not Cleveland. Um, who's th- who's the who's the socialist president? His name is just fooped out of my head. I don't know. Uh, the the, one of the old quite ones. A few. No, Woodrow one of the Wilson. Wilson. FDR. Wilson. So Wilson was one of the first to uh, give the the State of the Union live. Okay. And uh, then we know FDR is the one who who brought it to the people with the fireside chat kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. And then we also know that it was Teddy Roosevelt who brought to popularity the stewardship doctrine, which now has completely infiltrated the psyche of America into believing that the president is the caretaker of the United States. And I believe... 
and I don't think anybody's ever going to convince me otherwise, JC, but I believe the fact that State of the Unions went beyond what our founders intended uh, is part and parcel why the American people have no idea what the proper role of the president actually is. Because these have become political affairs. It's not Article 2, Section 3, Clause 1 of the Constitution. He, meaning the president, from time to time shall give the Congress, who is that? The Congress information on the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. And so the whole purpose of the State of the Union is for the the executive, executive to, Congress. to give his point of view to Congress. Mm-hmm. Because remember, as the Constitution is originally written and designed, the president has no autonomous, author- autonomous authority except for one thing. The president can issue a pardon on federal offenses. Everything else the president does is through the advice and the consent of Congress, one house or the other house or both houses together, right? Mm-hmm. And so the whole purpose of the State of the Union is for the executive to say, okay, remember the executive's purpose is to be an ambassador on behalf of the states and foreign affairs. So the president in the State of the Union is supposed to say to Congress, These are the conversations that I've been having with foreign affairs. This is my take on trade. This is my take on foreign policy. This is my take on on the uh, relationships that we have. This is my take on the commerce in America as it relates to foreign commerce. And here's my advice to you as somebody who's having face-to-face contact with these foreign diplomats, with these foreign presidents and prime ministers and engaging in these negotiations. Here is my advice to you on how you need to conduct the affairs of the federal government as you know, delegated in Article 1. Yeah, we, we certainly gravitated to a centralization of power in the, in the executive. And, and as you said, um, you know, FDR went a long way in making that, in putting that at the forefront, expanding the power of, uh, of the presidency through the uh through the bureaucratic state the ed- executive agencies of course, I, I mean he didn't invent the idea andrew jackson no. went a long way in oh, yeah, injecting absolutely. this into the national conscience as well but right. uh, no one like fdr i mean fdr turned it into an absolute monster in and of itself i mean the 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 um what do they call it the the uh, the legis not the legislative, but the executive branch, the sort of uh, bureaucratic state that yeah. that whole the fourth branch arm um, <laughs> of government. You know, I think FDR really, really juiced it up. You know, yeah, yeah. And and here and so now and it's now it's not a <clears throat> it's not a Democrat thing. It's not a lefty thing. I mean, it's it's pervasive. It's it's just really I think the psyche of the American people as a whole. We look to we look at the presidency mm-hmm. and uh, the executive agencies in his branch um, as a sort of monarch. I mean, and obviously it's not a monarch. An technically oligarch, speaking. really? It's it would an, be an oligarch. Well, our old government is an oligarchy, but right. uh, you know, but they look at it in this sort of monarchical perspective, is this kingly perspective, right. like whatever they say. Right. We do, and then they're at the top. The executive is at the top. He runs it. He does it. If, if 
the other branches won't do it, then he can just swoop in like Superman and get it done. Yeah, and I and that's just that's just absolutely so it's no surprise boggling. To no me. surprise, eighty million eyes, you know, hundred sixty million eyes on State of Union address. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and not only that, not only that. Okay, not only is is Daddy Warbucks gonna come and talk to his children, right? <laughs> You know, gonna the 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 guy who's the control of all the all the taxes and all the wars and everything. Yeah. I mean, that's who the president has become. That's not a statement of Donald Trump. That's a statement of the office of the president well, as a whole. Not, in this case, it's not just people. It's not people looking for favors and know you know what's our hero going to do. It's also a large portion of. I mean, a, a, a large reason why he dominates everything is because of the Democrats and the left you know, hanging on his every word to try to find out, you know, I mean, they'll pick syllable after syllable to take and attack this guy yeah. and, and work against him. I, Which I, is the segue to the next article yeah, that not, I was going to show up here. So it's what across is, the board. Just, what does CNN, yeah, CNN have to say about, excuse me, about the uh, State of the Union, the headline at CNN Politics, an article by a guy named Stephen Collinson says the State of the Union promises epic political drama. I want to read this to you. It says... Uh, that part's not, uh, the part that I'm about to read you is not up on YouTube, but uh, I do have a clip from there uh, on YouTube. It says, Trump's annual State of the Union address is poised to deliver the kind of irresistible primetime drama that its sporting equivalent, a snoozer Super Bowl, lacked. Right. This More exciting than Super Bowl. But it's but the, look what at what it saying. says. Not not only more exciting than Super Bowl, but it is its political equivalent. Mm-hmm. So the Super Bowl. What would you describe sports wise the Super Bowl? Because it's more than just football. Yeah. I mean, it's like the most watched sporting event in the entire world. Mm-hmm. It is the the epic of of sporting events as far as American sporting events go. It's competition. It's entertainment. Right. You know. Some of it's fantasy. <laughs> Scripted fantasy. Scripted fantasy, yeah. And now we are seeing this come, I mean, this is this is pure honesty. This is what the State of the Union Address has become in America. It says the theater that unfolds in the House chamber on Tuesday will encapsulate a turbulent moment in America's history, resonant with clashing political egos and paint a picture of stark national divides and accelerating demographic change. I believe that the divide, this is where the divide comes from. This is the the divide. You go down. The narrative? This is, well, it is the narrative that creates the divide, mm-hmm. right? Because everybody's talking about how Donald Trump's message is going to be one of unity and uh, Americans coming together. But then here you got to have CNN, who's got to make sure that they interject the division and the narrative that they want. It says... The transformative power of the midterm elections will be written on the faces of the most diverse House majority in history in terms of race and gender, while the Republican half of the chamber will look mostly white, male, and middle-aged. Mm-hmm. Seriously, that is so, so disgusting to me. And, and, and of course, they're going to highlight that because guess who's doing the Democrat message after the, uh, Donald Trump? Pelosi? Stacey Abrams. Oh. 
right? So based she, on what she's she's Losing. black because she's a black woman. Yeah, but uh, upon what basis? We now present to you the loser of the gubernatorial race of Georgia. Yeah. Well, she's the rising star of the Democrat Party. Oh, is that what rising stars do? Lose yeah, elections? They lose elections. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to deliver the re, the the uh, State of the Union response for the entire Democrat Party. How is it that your representative for the entire Democrat Party for the Super Bowl of political events is a woman who lost her election? Yeah. Well, we we'll now present to you the Muslim woman with one leg and missing one eye who <laughs> was the runner-up to the loser of the losing bracket of the loser championships. <laughs> Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. You know, JC, I wonder why all the Republican women and all the Republican minorities just sit back and watch this as if the, the mainstream media denies their existence the same way the mainstream media in our education system denies the existence of minorities in the creation of America, right? Yeah. Why would you sit back silent in the middle of that? I'm not I sure. I would be uh, all up in somebody's face. Yeah, well, I don't think they're silent, but, I mean, what What are you going to do? They're ignored. So, come on. What are you saying? Go argue with CNN and beg them to let you on and, and, and you know, speak your side of the story? Well, here's my, First off, my point. I don't think any of them, I don't think any of the Republicans use the media platform the way they should. Oh, no, definitely not. They do not use it to their advantage. They do not use it even nearly to the capacity that they could be using it. I no. mean, seriously. No, well, to your And to your point. The libertarians don't either, but I, I would suggest that they don't even get the opportunity. The, the minor parties don't. Yeah, but so. to your point, you know. Again, they're not going to have their messengers on CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS. So you have to understand you're going to have to work twice as hard, and it looks like they work half as hard. Right. And so, I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, they, I you stand up and keep doing what you're doing, but if you want, if you the- want to project – an alternative image to what the Democrats are saying, you're going to have to work a lot harder right. uh, at doing that. Well, and I would suggest that the getting on CNN and uh, MSNBC is not as important as getting on ABC, NBC, and CBS in your local districts yeah, because sure. that's where you're going to reach the people. You know, m- m- more people sit around and watch their evening local news than they do CNN, MSB, NBC, and, and, and Fox. I truly believe that because I believe that – I think my parent, uh, parents are like the, the average American Joe, right? And the TV is on all the time. We have friends that are the same way. The TV is on all the time. So you watch the evening news. It's like the event. It's been that way my whole life. Well, we hit on this a few shows ago. Okay, if you, if you think about um, – the research and statistics and all that, then the real answer is not the, uh, it's not these alphabet channels. Mm-hmm. It is get on YouTube, 
get on social media, yeah. get on. Yeah. I mean, it's it's alternative media, right? So it can't be about nobody's watching CNN, mm-hmm. nobody's watching MSNBC. I mean, the the audience they have are the lefty loons. It's completely. This is completely irrelevant. They're polarized in their so audience come on. too. So. so that's that's worthless, and, and that's the problem. We hear another, you know, national talk show guy, conservative talk show guy, says all the time about this this uh, mind numbing uh, action of the Republicans, where they seem to try to appease and appeal to. The left, and so they want to be on CNN and MSNBC, and so they're clueless about where this ev- this changing demographic, where it is, and what it's even doing. Right. So, right. You know, I would. So I would. Why? Why I sort of said whatever is because I would ignore this noise coming from CNN and MSNBC. You got to recognize what the narrative is that's going out. You know what that is. That's not going to change. But you know, change. JC, you and can't. Then you have to, and you then you have to. I understand that, but you cannot deny the impact that this narrative has had. Okay, my point is you don't combat it by asking them to play in their sandbox. Look, right. That's my point. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you don't run out there and go, you know, CNN this and CNN that, MSNBC, you, we're coming after those those guys. Who, who cares? You're not going to change the mind of CNN or the nitwits that are addicted to it. You you recognize the narrative that they carry. It's the same across whatever platform you're talking about. So therefore, you counter that narrative, but you do it in areas that make sense where you're right. actually going to reach people. So, and that's what they fail at. And that's the, why the I said the local, your no, local right. news channel. Yeah, that's one aspect of it. But then even even the medium, you know, you're talking YouTube, you're talking the different places because, you know, you say your parents in this. Who are you going after? You, you're right. looking for the 80-year-old demographic? I mean, how long is that going to last you? <laughs> so what I'm yeah, saying know, is there's an entire generation that we've talked about over and over again in the colleges, in the universities. There's an entire generation of being being brainwashed into this Marxism. And one of the main problems is, is there's no alternative message that they're being exposed to. So it's really a lot of these kids. It's not like they're evil, bad kids. It's they don't know any better. This is what they've been. This is what's been put in their head. You know, so I've been what teaching the Republicans this for years. Fail at JC, is the messaging. Teaching this for years, right? And where to put it? Right, exactly. That hey, guess what? Uh, you can't get angry at the millennials for what they believe. Of course not. Because we're the ones that taught it to them. Exactly. They believe lies to be true because that's what we've been teaching. And I mean, our generation. As arrogant men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry around Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Today, this evening, will be the State of the Union Address. Remember, when the federal government is doing anything, its authority comes from the Constitution or it doesn't come at all. And just as a reminder for our Teach show today, the State of the Union Address is in Article 2, Section 3, Clause 1. He shall, meaning the president from time to time, give to the Congress information, to the Congress information, to the Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. And so the purpose of the State of the Union 
is to give advice to Congress on how to to fund the affairs of the federal government, to uh, take the president's recommendations for treaties and foreign commerce and that sort of thing. You know, backtracking, JC, just a tiny bit. Last week we did a show on um, Dianne Feinstein and and how uh, Dianne Feinstein and Dick Durbin had predicted this back in 2013. Congress uh, was trying to pass a media shield law that would redefine the terms of how uh, freedom of press would affect the people. And so remember, Dianne Feinstein said that uh, freedom of press should only apply to real journalists, reporters who have bona fide credentials. And Dick Durbin said that we needed to ask 21st century questions about a document that was written 250 years ago. Did, well, and and Feinstein, did she literally say the First Amendment is a special privilege? Yes. So, so both to me, both of those statements, out of Durbin's mouth and out of Feinstein's mouth, those are impeachable offenses. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's it's, it's a it, violation of their oath. It is absolutely. Problem is, is that they have been taught, or well, it's hard to know, JC, for me these days, what they actually know to be true and what actually you know my position. Yeah. Right, I know. They, you know. they know. They know. They already know. So they know. Let's put it They're this just way: liars. They know the American people have been taught to believe that the Constitution means whatever the Supreme Court says it means Correct. today. It's not Did I say that right? You're right. Yeah. It's not because Feinstein is ignorant. She's not. It's not because Durbin is ignorant. Mm-hmm. He's not. They're playing on the ignorance of the American people. Right, right. Well, our friend Victor sent me a, 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 a sort of boom moment email when he was listening to that show. And he said, you know, Christiana, he says, why are we even, uh, he's frustrated like we are. Why are the American people even having this conversation? This should be a no-brainer. And the fact, yeah. and this is what he pointed out to me, and I thought, how dumb, why didn't, I, why didn't we talk about this? Diane Feinstein says that the the First Amendment is a privilege that should should not apply to a 17-year-old who drops out of high school and buys a website for $5 and starts a blog. Well, he says, Chrisanne, Benjamin Franklin was 16 years old when he started his blog. Yep. Benjamin Franklin was 16 years old when he started his blog that was published Correct. in the Daily Current. Mm-hmm. Now, he wrote it as a, under a pseudonym, but of course, you know, that was treason to be talking about the government like that. And perhaps he wrote it as a pseudonym because who was going to take a 16-year-old seriously? You need a so. meme with, those, thing, with the, the, those pieces of information side by side. There you go. That's what we'll do. So I just wanted to follow up on that because I thought that was, I mean, that's, I love, I love feeding the Liberty First listeners and students to these sort of, you know, the, these instant rebuttals. Right. So because I have had liberals and I have also had conservatives when Obama was president say the same things to me. And I love being able to say, you know, well, Benjamin Franklin was 16 years old when he started writing. Man, our audience is smart. There's no question. I was looking we were reading the YouTube comments. The our buddy Spartacus Jones was talking about that. Muslim thing with the the tennis shoe Mm -hmm. was the same thing. I, I actually had the thought I didn't articulate it mm-hmm. uh fully when we were doing the show um but i said this sounds more like leftism than it sounds like uh, you know muslims talking fake news and i thought 
I had so they found some Muslim woman or they invented some right, Muslim woman right. to write an article about or write an article that says we yeah. don't like it. We don't like this. Exactly. Because I wondered how many how many Muslims are actually offended by this nonsense. This sounds more how like some Muslims lefty. How many Muslims even look at it and even yeah. saw it like some that? Some lefty plants. Because, you know, they want, I mean, they want war. They want any kind of war they can have. Mm-hmm. Right. So they want some kind of civil war where between Muslims and non-Muslims in America, blacks, whites, whoever. So so that was a good point that that he made on the uh yeah. on the YouTube there. So we I had love the same your thought. you're watching us on YouTube right now. We love your comments. Now we we do have uh when you submit them people are like it says there's 18 comments when I see them. You, you have you have to we have to go through a review process with the comments. We do always post them later. But it's not set on automatic. But it's not set on automatic because uh, listen, I've never done that. Been there, done there. Not, Not only happen. that, I want young people to watch this stuff, right? Yeah. I want parents to feel confident that their kids can come to our YouTube channel sure. and not be bombarded with a bunch of gar- garbage. So, hey, look, you don't have freedom of speech on my YouTube page. I'm sorry, but leave your comments. They don't have to agree with me. You don't even have free speech on your YouTube. Yeah, right. I don't either, right? <laughs> If I don't have free speech on my YouTube channel, you surely don't. But I'm just saying, look, it, you keep it clean. You can disagree. Your comments will get up there, but you got to give me some time to get to them. I thought it would be interesting, JC, because I thought, you know, what is what is going on? Uh, what is a way to know what's really important in the State of the Union beyond all the drama dictated by the narrative? Well, at WhiteHouse.gov, uh, the they have uh, b- make sure that's whitehouse.gov people Please. not whitehouse.com don't make that mistake maybe one day I'll tell that funny story but don't go to whitehouse.com now I just sent people there didn't I yes oh, sorry make sure it's whitehouse.gov and don't let your kids go alone all right so here on whitehouse.gov they've printed uh, they've published a special guest list for Donald Trump's state of the union address so the people that he's invited you know and i thought that this might be kind of the undertone of what the important things are in the Trump administration's message, good or bad, right? So I thought we'd go through them. So I have up on the YouTube channel just a handful of their pictures. And the first ones that you see are Deborah Heather and Madison, um, uh, who are um, daughter, well, they are the daughter, granddaughter, and great-granddaughter of Gerald and Sharon David of Reno, Nevada, who were tragically murdered in their home in Nevada by an illegal immigrant in January. So there's the message, right? I mean, that's what they use. So the the message is these people. Yeah. Donald Trump, so you, you know want border be. security, right? Yeah. You know what he's going to be saying. You want border security. And you know they have these people in the audience, and they've published their names and a little brief story about sure. wh- their history. So you will know. Border security is going to be an issue. Uh, the next picture that we have up is Matthew Charles. And Matthew Charles, it says, life story is a, a story of redemption. He was sentenced to 35 years in prison for selling crack cocaine and other related fence offenses. While in prison, 
Matthew found God, completed more than 30 Bible studies, became a law clerk, and taught GED classes and mentored fellow inmates. On January 23, 2019, Matthew was the first prisoner released as a result of the First Step Act. Yeah, so you're going to talk about the provision. Prison reform. Prison reform. So you were, got you got border control. Yeah. You got prison reform, right? And I didn't know about the First Step Act, but this was actually something that was passed in 2017. That was, uh, or well, the first act of the 2018 Congress before the shutdown uh, was, or I'm sorry, the last act of the 2018 Congress before the shutdown was to pass this First Step Act, which is by their own terms. A, a step towards reducing uh, the rate of mass incarceration uh, for nonviolent offenses. Yeah, this is a big deal. I don't. It is a big deal. I didn't know you missed this. Yeah, no, I, I did. I well, I knew that was happening. He's obviously going to talk. I mean, the the um, political point behind it is how his policies have, have impacted the black community, and, right? Uh, minority communities and and uh, and the poor, right? So we need prison reform, especially on the federal level. Right. Think about that. Just from what we've seen in the daily news recently, you got a 66 year old man with no passport, no gun with a frog squad team. You know, the frogman coming up his back door because he lied. Seriously, this is a problem. So the next picture I have up is Ashley Evans. Ashley struggled with opioid and substance abuse for her life, and now she will be uh, one year and one month in recovery and reunited with her daughter for full time. So So, opioid crisis. Opioid crisis, right? So there are ways to, I'm just trying to show you, there are ways to know what to expect and what's going to be important in this address without looking at CNN, without looking at all that garbage. Um, The next picture we have up is Roy James. Roy James is the plant manager of the Vicksburg Forest Products Lumber Facility. He worked at the sawmill for 26 years and became the vice president of operations when he was told that the facility would close the doors. Thankfully, Vicksburg was designated an opportunity zone through provisions in the Tax Cuts and Job Act. The plant soon reopened and Roy was hired to oversee the entire facility. Once again, how Donald Trump has impacted the black community, right. the rural yeah, community. Yeah, opportunity zones is a big part of that. Yeah, opportunity zones. Now, what's interesting is opportunity zones were actually part of the Tax Cuts and Job Acts of 2017. Mm-hmm. So that's before Donald Trump, right? No. He didn't become president until 2018, right? No, I'm 2016. My bad. Brain. Right, so there we go, once again, because I'm glad you're here to set me straight, because that was one thing that was just, I was like, wait a minute. So Donald Trump and Congress working together to create tax cuts to help rural communities. And this is a really big deal, because Donald Trump has been one of the strongest advocates for uh, restoration of local control for forest management too. Yep. So I believe that there's no mistake. Or, uh, I mean, there's no accident that this guy actually is uh, over a sawmill, right? So this is this is absolutely on purpose. Uh, the next picture I have up, his name is Joshua Trump. 
And Joshua Trump is a sixth grade student in Wilmington, Delaware, who loves science, art, and history. And when we come back from the break, we're going to find out why Joshua Trump is on the special guest list. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, and we are talking about the State of the Union address. And uh, before we went into the break, we were talking about uh, young man Trump. Now, uh, Joshua Trump is not related to Donald Trump, but I'm sure you can guess why he's on there. Donald, uh, Joshua Trump is a sixth grade student in Wilmington, Delaware, who has been bullied by his classmates because of his last name. So Trump's going to talk about unity and coming together and loving one another, you know, and all that. So I, yeah, we already I, know that was like highlight lefty. I mean, of course, use an example of lefty hate. Right. Um, so I, I lefty hate that's that's getting to our children. I mean, this yeah, is what I'm talking about. This is what's seeping into our younger generations. This division from this leftist narrative. Yeah, well, it's a good one because he, you know, because they're always. You know they're the champions of stop bullying. Yeah. Oh whatever. yeah. Oh, so, that's a perfect. So he yeah, really right. Picked a good, picked an example. But here, so what I anticipate um, after the State of the Union is you're, then you're going to see these whack-a-mole uh, lefty loon networks like CNN and what have you. Then they're going to trot out, pointing at, oh, well, look at these Trump Trump people that hate other people. They're going to so. Oh they're, yeah. They're, so it's going to be a that. They're going to reject there, the yeah. idea of unity, and they're going to exactly. come back with a tit for tat. Well, right. you're mean too. Yeah, so that's that's what you'll see. <laughs> no, you're missing the point. That's what you'll see. No, I you mean, you are missing the point. They're not going to say. They're not going to say, you know. Oh yes, you know what, Mr. Trump is right, and we should all we should dial it down, and you know this is unacceptable. They're not. going to Well, say it is that. unacceptable that a child in school. What do sixth graders it know is. about politics? Yeah. You, you what watch do they them, know? You watch them find an excuse to, to come back with a retort. They'll dismiss this. I mean, but you're seeing this. Why, well, let me put it this way. How do they kids know about hating Donald Trump? Because they watch all of this hatred on YouTube, yeah. right? All these YouTube yeah, videos the of people attacking people with MAGA hats well, and high school right. teachers that are beating are, up students. The Dems are delusional. They're, they're nuts. So I was reading, I read the Democrat, uh, a Democrat's column on Fox News about uh, about uh, the state of the union, I read a little bit of it, mm-hmm. and she starts off talking about uh, Trump. Like one of the things she said, she says about Trump's continuous hate and how he has continually, in his speeches, continually told us that uh, America's best years are behind behind us. I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, that's it, completely it's, 180 it's, that degrees is opposite of what Trump, what Trump's message has been. At this all is, the time. This is what the Democrats hear. So they're not even connected no, because to that's reality. What, that's what Barack Obama said. Exactly. This is the new normal, right? Because Barack Obama a lousy, said, a lousy economy America is, the new is terrible. Its yeah. government is terrible. Yeah. The people are Hateful. terrible. And essentially racist. Racist. What and Holder hate. said mm-hmm. that, yeah. that Obama amen. We're essentially a racist nation. Um, you know, 
blah, blah, blah. So that was Obama's message, not Trump's message. Trump's make America great again. That's America's days. America's best days are behind her. We'll never, right. we'll never be good again. Are you crazy? Come yeah. on. Give me a right. break. Just utter nonsense. So they're delusional. So, you know, hats off to, to Trump. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, what they say is totally not so. So hats off to him for this. But, you know, it's not going to be received by these lunatics. Maybe it'll be received by some American people that need to hear it and dial it back and start listening. Stop listening to these idiots. Right. Um, and maybe take the time to reach out to their own children yeah. and say, look, you don't we don't need to be hating each other because of who who is the president yeah, in office. It. Don't treat each other like this. So the kids, bullying, the kids bullying this, the, this kid, mm-hmm. you know what his parents sound like. Mm-hmm. Where do you think he hears it? Why do you think he's doing this? So this is what he hears at home. So they're yeah. they're ranting about how much they hate Trump. And so he's saturated by Trump hatred uh, by the people in his house. Whoever's bullying Mr. You know, the little boy Trump. Exactly. Yeah. They're exactly. Just, so. Yeah. So maybe some of those out in the public will hear this is why this is some why teachers. The maybe one good thing, you know, though it's supposed to be an address to Congress. One good thing. It does go out to the people yeah. and the president does address the people. Because the people need to hear this. Okay, so here's the bottom line. The State of Union address is not going to be anything new. It's no. not going to be anything novel. It's not going to be anything earth-shattering. It's not going to be anything mind-blowing. I okay? actually feel like I don't need to listen to it now because now you've told me everything right. that's exactly. going to be in it by looking at All these what pictures. the White House has said. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're, they're giving you the setup. So I want to make sure we get this. Uh, JC will be teaching this Sunday in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Victory Christian Center, 7228 Old Pineville Road, beginning at 7 p.m. going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome you gotta be there how to win back a generation and a whole segment of the american population with truth about history and the constitution god 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 bless you guys we will see you tomorrow